is the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are back. Episode number 21 here. Nick Grunowitz with Scott Inez. Uh, the Magic and Raptors finishing up game four on Sunday. It did not go well. 107-85 the final. Uh, and that final score, maybe not quite indicative of how not close that game was. Uh, though in spurts, the Magic did make it close. If you are listening to us for the first time, you can subscribe anywhere where you get podcasts. Uh, you've got 20 of these things, I think, to listen to as this is 20 or 21. He is Scott Inez. You can hear him weekdays on ESPN 580 Orlando, 580 AM, 96.5 FM HD2, 4 to 6 PM ESPN afternoon. Scott Inez. I'm Nick Grunowitz. Uh, I'm on with Scotty. I'm on in the evenings, uh, and I host this podcast with him. So uh, let's get into this. Uh, if it sounds like I'm lacking enthusiasm, it's because I've watched this team uh, – thoroughly dominated uh, for really the last three games. Since the DJ Augustine buzzer beater, I think the Magic have led for a total of like three minutes in this series. Uh, And it feels as if this team is headed back to Toronto towards their eventual exit from the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you lose one, it's okay. Let's see if we can get one of two at home. You lose the Friday night game. Scotty, you and I were both there. That felt like the one that you needed to get to make this a longer series. And last night, Kawhi Leonard was just so good again, yeah. and the Raptors were just so good again. All but one player on their roster was a positive in the plus-minus. Um, that was a rough one. It's been a yeah. rough. It's been a rough two home games. Yeah, I, I think there are a couple of things we are learning in this playoff series between the Orlando Magic and the Toronto Raptors. And the first is Toronto's much better than I thought defensively. Yeah, much better than I thought defensively. Offensively, you knew looking at the numbers coming into this series that it it was going to be difficult to stop this team, especially the way Kawhi was playing and Siakam, how he had played throughout the year. But you thought, okay, with the Magic, you know, being a very good defensive team, according to the numbers, one of the best, if not the best defensive team since January 31st, you, you, you knew that the Magic going in would give them a fight on defense. Well, last night, that certainly was not the case with Toronto shooting, what, 52-53% from the field. But but I thought defensively, the Magic would be able to do some things with this Toronto defense. That has not been the case. I mean, you look at the shooting percentages, what have they been? Like 40, 39, 37, 42 last night for the Orlando Magic. Um, I, I, I will say this. Uh, I think the Toronto Raptors will be in the NBA Finals. I really do. After watching them through four games of this first-round series, and I get it, it's the Orlando Magic, I get it, and they had to, you know, really fight tooth and nail near the end of the year to get into the playoffs. Mm -hmm. But this Raptor team is so good defensively. You and I were talking before we hit the air. It's almost as if against the Orlando Magic in this series, Nick, they're playing eight guys, eight guys on defense. Yeah, we, eight we've guys on all, defense. We've talked all season long about Jonathan Isaac being the Freddy Krueger of basketball, and Jonathan Isaac being this long defensive like changeling that you yeah. throw in there. Yeah, they've got three of those dudes. Yes, they do. They have they have three yes, Jonathan Isaacs with Kawhi Leonard, Pascal Siakam, and in his own way, kind of Marcus All, who I feel like when the Magic give the ball to Nick Vucevic in the post. Just, just turn around and hand it to him. <laughs> just, how many turnovers did Nick Vucevic have in Game Four? Uh, he had two in Game Four. He had four in four, Game Two, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think he had at least three in Game Three. Even though he was better on that Friday night, yeah. um, their defense is suffocating. It and is. since DJ Augustine hit that game winner in Game One, uh, it has looked like a boa constrictor just 
surrounding its prey and slowly choking it out. Yeah. And that is what the Toronto Raptors have done. Yeah, they have. And to pick up, you mentioned Marc Gasol a few moments ago. To pick up a guy like that at the trade deadline, I, I think that was the crowning blow. I mentioned the Raptors getting to the NBA Finals this year. I think that was the crowning blow for this team. He's so clever on both ends of the court and defensively, man. I tell you what, he is giving Vooch all kinds of fits here in this season and the veteran tricks, the, like you said, the quick hands, right? I mean, really quick hands. Yeah. It, it, it's it's really amazing. And their length, the Magic, just cannot get anything easy against this Raptor team. They're good on the ball. And once you get by one guy, it seems like you, you, you mentioned those guys. It seems like you have three seven-footers waiting for you in the lane every time. There hasn't been – has there been one easy basket for the Orlando Magic in this entire series? No. I, I don't know if there has. So, look, I – has DJ Augustine scored 25 points total since that game one 25-point uh, outburst? He I had believe, eight in game four. Yeah, I believe it was – correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's 24 since that 25 in okay. game one, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. But look, I mean, I, you know, the, the Magic even last night in game four, you're held to just 42%, which, by the way – That's the highest is, is number the highest in percentage the series. In the series. Uh, and, and you're just 7 of 33 from 3. I, I, you, I, look, I know we're Magic-centric, especially on this Heart and Hustle podcast, and I know we want to bang on the Orlando Magic, but, man, at some point, like, you just have to tip your, tip your cap to these guys. These guys are really good defensively. They're good on both sides of the court, mind you. And when you give the ball over to, to the Toronto Raptors, and we knew going into this series that the Raptors were the number one team in terms of of, of turning you over and scoring points on those turnovers, the Magic, it, it's as if they've been handing the ball to the Raptors in this series. But again, I think you have to tip your cap to the Toronto Raptors on a job well done. They have been, and you use the word suffocating, I think that's absolutely right. They have been suffocating on the defensive end so yeah, far. Yeah, you have to work so hard every single offensive possession. And, and credit Aaron Gordon, the third quarter that he put together in Game 4, what did he have, 16 in that third quarter? And he kept the magic in it. Uh, I Quickly, can I soapbox for just one quick minute here? And I'm Feel never sure whether or not I'm fighting with one person on Twitter or just a sample mm -hmm. size of the population. But there seems to be this narrative that the magic quit. No, I don't agree with On that. Sunday in game four. And I know the 107-85 final score. Okay, so you'll lose by, what, 22 points. Yeah. Uh, you get outscored 25-15 in the fourth quarter. The Magic did not quit. Toronto no. is just that good. Yeah. And Steve Clifford talked after the game about how Toronto plays defensively. By the way, when a team gets frustrated and a team struggles and a team is just much better than the other, yeah. sometimes it looks like you're quitting. Right. Sometimes it looks like you're being lackadaisical. Sometimes right. it looks like that you're just not putting in the effort. That's the case here in these games that Toronto, Toronto won 16 more games this season for a reason. Yep. And that was without Kawhi Leonard playing 22 games. That yep. was without Kyle Lowry playing. Uh, he played 65 of, of 82, so 17 games. Um, Toronto was just the better team. But there was a sequence in the third quarter where the Magic went, what was it, on a 15-2 run uh, to cut the lead to 10. And I'm sure you remember this. Um, let me pull this up here really quick. But uh, in the third quarter when the Magic went on that run, 
They went on a 13-5 run from the 5:30 mark in the third quarter to the 136 mark in the third. That run was stopped mm-hmm. by an Evan Fournier wide open three. I want to say it was from the left wing. Aaron Gordon drove to the bucket, kicked it out to him, if I remember, and Fournier clanged the three. Nothing yeah. against Evan there, okay? At that point, if that three goes down at 75-68, it's a seven-point game with 136 left in the third. Yeah. Instead, yeah. it doesn't go. It's a 10-point game. Toronto gets it back to 17. It's 12 after three. You're done at that point. Yeah. The The message I'm trying to make here is the Magic did not quit. Toronto just had an answer for every single punch the Magic had. For every punch, there was a counterpunch, and it was a Kawhi Leonard mid-range jumper. It was a Danny Mm -hmm. Green, and he missed a lot of open threes, too, in Game 4. A Danny Green jumper. It was a turnover that led to transition points. The fact is, this team is not quitting. This team is playing with the same heart, the same grit, the same intensity we have seen all year long. But this is not the NFL. This is not the NHL. This Mm -hmm. is the NBA. The team with more talent yeah. usually wins these games. And guess what? Yeah. I if you were to if you and I were to draft these two teams, put the rosters together, how many Raptors are going before Magic player? Many. Yeah. That's <laughs> just the case. I it's mean, just what it is. Kawhi, I mean, you start with Kawhi. Siakam. Siakam, you go to uh I mean at that point you I, go to Kyle Lowry. Yeah, Kyle Lowry goes, and then are you finally taking Nick Vucevic? Though in this series, I have a hard time taking Nick Vucevic over Marcus Gasol unless yes. I get to take Vuce and Gasol because if they have yeah. Gasol, I don't, I don't need Vucevic. Well, right now, through four games of this series, you take Gasol over Nick Vucevic. Yeah. Vuce, so, Vuce kind of came alive in Game Three, struggled last night in Game Four, but you're absolutely right. And here's the thing about the NBA playoffs: the team mm-hmm. that has the better players and the star players. Wins probably 99.9% of the time. I mean, yes. It's just the way it is in the NBA playoffs. You don't see a Tampa Bay Lightning Columbus Blue Jacket series in right. the NBA. It does not happen. And if it if, if it does, it it's it, it's being talked about for years upon yes. years. I mean, I mean we'll, we're still we'll mention Golden about, State Dallas, right? Right. That's, right. We're that's still that's talking about that. That's still a that's still a, a strange mark on Dirk Nowitzki's career that his team, which was the best in basketball that year went out to a plucky underdog right. Golden State team, and we still don't understand why. We're talking about, you know, back in the, was it the 80s or late? I think it was the 90s when, I think it was Denver, an eight seed, went into Seattle mm-hmm. and beat Gary Payton and, and Sean Kemp and, and the Seattle Sonics. We're, we're still talking about it today. Yes, I, I think Golden State has done it twice. I think Denver has done, done it as well. I mean, the fact is that Toronto just has so much better talent. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing more indicative of when you look at, uh, let's see, what is this? Over 76 minutes through four games. So yeah. 76 minutes, the Raptors starters is what I'm talking about. Have you mm. seen this number? Mm-mm. The Raptors starters have a net rating of plus 41.4 points per 100 possession. Wow. So starters versus start when the Raptors starters are on the floor, mm-hmm. they're outscoring the Magic by 40 yeah. per 100 possessions. The offensive rating is obscene. The defensive rating is depressing if you're a Magic fan. By the way, that net rating is the highest of any lineup that has averaged at least 10 minutes per game in the playoffs. That is where it's being lost. The Magic actually have had a better bench. The Magic yeah. bench has played better. Kem Birch has given the Magic great minutes. Wes Iwandu has played Wesley well. Has MCW, played well. Yeah. Yes, yeah. but that's And how about Jarrell Martin last night, by the way, in his like two or three minutes? 
I, he hit that three, and then he came down and hit it. And I was like, if this one goes in, look out! And it just <laughs> didn't. And that's that's been the that's been the way yeah. the series has gone. Look, I it, it it's again, it's all about the stars in the NBA. Star players shine. That's the way it is. Kawhi Leonard has shown in this series thirty four points last night in Game Four. I think he alone was basically responsible for Jonathan Isaac and Aaron Gordon getting into foul trouble. And I think if we discovered anything in these playoffs here as, you know, folks, you know, fans who have not seen the playoffs in seven years, it's the fact that the star players win. Nick Vucevic is an all-star. He's not a star player. He's an all-star. Okay, but he's not a true go-to transcendent guy like a Kawhi Leonard is, a guy who can literally take over a basketball game at any time. Every team in the NBA since the dawn of man has tried to chase after that star player. Yes. Every, every team's looking for that next star player. Truth is, right now, we don't have that star player on this Orlando roster and have not had that star player since Dwight Howard left this dried-up old pond seven years ago. So I think we've learned an awful lot in this series with the Raptors, and I do believe it is over probably on Tuesday night. I certainly do not see the Orlando Magic winning three straight from this team as well as they're playing right now. But look, I, I think that we've learned that the Raptors are an outstanding basketball team, a team that I think is going to the NBA Finals. And I think we've also learned what we already knew. You know, the Raptors have the star player, and we do not. And in the NBA, that makes a world of difference when you get to this level in the NBA playoffs. Has there been a player, and, and I agree with everything that you just said, uh, when we did our preview episode here on the Heart and Hustle podcast and talked about it on ESPN 580. Uh, when the Magic drew the Raptors, I, t- I wanted to throw that final game. <laughs> this was the team I did not want, yeah. and it's for this exact reason, because they just have guy after guy after guy that yeah. just makes life difficult on you. Heck, even, I mean, last night, we're not even talking about Norm Powell somehow 16 points yeah, off the bench, and the the margin for error that Orlando has is so small because you know, in Game 3, Kawhi Leonard doesn't play well. That's fine. Siakam gave him 30-something. Yeah. Um, has there been a player in a playoff series? I was thinking about this uh, as we were getting ready to do this. Um, has there been a player in a playoff series that has impressed you more in recent history than wow. Pascal Siakam? It's tough. I, that, that's a really difficult I question, but I will say this. He has impressed the heck I mean, out of me. I mean, holy God. Look at the numbers that this man is putting up right now. Look at what he's doing not only on the offensive end, but the defensive end, he is totally disrupting the Orlando. I mean, you talk about Kawhi Leonard, and he's done his share of disrupting, but this is the guy. Yeah, Kawhi's getting all of the attention, and that's great because Kawhi Leonard, when healthy, when playing at his peak, is, what, the second, third best player in the NBA? He's a top-five player Top easily. Top-five player. I will tell you this. Um, Pascal Siaka might get there one day. He might. He might be. I mean, the, he can only finish with his right hand. Yeah. He's got to work on that. Yeah. But watching this guy, and he is doing it against above-average defenders. Yeah, Jonathan is. Isaac is no scrub. Aaron Gordon is no scrub. Wesley Wandu, who's had to check him sometimes, he has size over, but is no scrub. I don't know if there is a player that I have watched, and I have watched limited Toronto Raptors basketball. That's my fault, okay? Mm-hmm. And I've heard all year long, oh, Pascal Siaka, most improved. I'm like, yeah, right. okay, well, okay I can't let, let, yeah. wait till I see it. Now that and you now, see him up close. Damn! Yeah, he's impressive. He I, really is, Nick. He, uh, uh, there's nothing he cannot do. Maybe finish with his left, but he'll, he'll work on that. He seems to be a kid who just loves playing the game. Yeah. Um, I ter- correct me if I'm wrong again, but I do believe he's playing the most minutes of anybody in this series so far. I think you are right. Do you know what pick he was taken with in the 2016 draft? Out of New Mexico State. 
Uh, uh, yes. Was it was it was it mid to late first round? Twenty seventh pick. Wow. So just a message to Magic fans. Yeah. To all NBA fans. Yeah. Don't say you can't find a guy. Yeah, you can. You know, Giannis Adetokounmpo taking what with the 16th pick in 2013. Pascal Siakam, who, you know, and by the way, we've seen a lot of guys flash in one year and just it's never the same. Fine. But this guy was taken with the 27th pick. The Orlando Magic have the number 16 pick. If you are going to elevate a franchise, you have to eventually either hit on a draft pick or make a bold move. Toronto did both. Yeah. Toronto nailed the Pascal Siakam pick in 2016. They took him 27. And by, and by the way, who who was one of the guys on the team that drafted Pascal Siakam? Uh, Jeff Weltman That's was exactly there. That's exactly right, yes, Jeff which Weltman is a very good sign for the Orlando Magic, yes. right? Yes, I, I, I think you're totally right about that. Um, so you have to nail the draft pick or something like that. Right. You have to make a bold move. Toronto right. traded DeMar DeRozan. Yep. Uh, they got both Danny Green. Yep. And Kawhi Leonard. Bold, no doubt. No Um, doubt. It's nuts. Yeah, and and you mentioned, you know, you mentioned Siakam. I think that Jonathan Isaac is Pascal Siakam in two years. I think it's next year. You you think it's next year? I'll I'll give him another year. I think the one guy who is going to benefit. He is a little older. Yeah, you're right. He's 25. Siakam's Siakam, 25. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Isaac's 21. I might be a little premature to this. Okay, I might I be mean, early stick, to this. Stick with, you know, stick, stay, stay on that hill, Nikki Football. Stay on that hill. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that Isaac, more than any other Magic player, is going to benefit most from this playoff experience. A, because of what you just said, his youth. All right, just 21 years of age. Mm-hmm. You look at what he's done in this series so far, and quite frankly, since game one, um, he has underachieved. You know, he goes he, he goes over the field last night. He went over for four. He only played 16 foul plague minutes, did not score in the basketball game. Quite frankly, that does not bother me. Isaac? Yeah, it does not bother me because I kind of knew what we were going to get from Jonathan Isaac as a 21-year-old going into his first playoff That first series. game was just so awesome. Yeah, it was, and I, I did not expect that at all. But he's kind of come down to yes. earth in games two, three, and four. But I think with the experience that he's having now in this playoff series, looking over at the other side and looking at what he can be in a year, two, or three with Pascal Siakam, knowing what it takes at such a at, at, at such an intense, high level to do what the Toronto Raptors are doing, and he's seeing this up close and personal at 21 years of age, this experience to me, more than any other player on the Magic roster, this experience will be invaluable to Jonathan Isaac coming out of this series. I totally agree with you. Can I ask you another question that's that's kind of been on my mind here? Yeah. What the hell happened with Terrence Ross? Yeah, I don't, um, I don't know. We were talking about that earlier. Yeah, why actually? Let Terrific me... game for game three on Friday night. Oh, he was unbelievable. The torch Got us was back lit. in it, yeah, right? The torch was lit. Um, Let me let me rephrase quickly. Let yeah. me rephrase. Why did Jarrell Martin shoot it as many times as Terrence Ross? <laughs> I don't know. I'm really and, confused. And it's not as if he did not get the opportunity no, he looked to his shots. He did for the first time in a long time. I mean, I, I I can remember back late in the regular season, especially in in the yeah. Memphis game, and even in the Charlotte game, in the final night of the regular season, he scores thirty five points. And this or guy's got the that eye look. of the tiger. He man. had that look on Friday night. He did. Yeah, you but, and I were sitting. We were sitting I mean, in the stadium. He, he hits that shot that that buzzer beater near mid court at the end of the third, and they cut it to what twelve or ten, 12. something like that. And you're thinking, okay, here we go. Let's go, torch lit. Let's go, torch lit. Engaged? No, disengaged yeah. all night. And Steve Clifford even went to him early. Terrence Ross played thirty one minutes on Sunday. Yeah. He went to. 
and this was a criticism I had of Steve Clifford after the Game 3 uh, loss. Steve Clifford's done a great job all year long, but he has waited too long to go to the torch. He's waited too long, and by the time Terrence Ross has gotten in some of these games, the margin feels insurmountable yeah. in Games 2-3. Uh, but in Game 4, Terrence Ross came in with, I want to say, eight minutes left in the third quarter. And Steve Clifford, I feel like the message should have been, and the message probably was, hey, Get him up, big fella. Yeah, we need If you. we're going to shoot we 42% you. from the floor and score 80-some points without you, then we shoot it 20 times. Yeah. Because if we're going to go down, here's the thing. Jarrell Martin shot it five times. Uh, he made one of those, okay? Uh, uh, Jaron Grant shot four times. Yuck. Michael Carter-Williams <laughs> shot it four. Give all of those shots to Terrence Ross. Yep, I And agree. that's Terrence Ross, when he goes in, should be hoisting it 16 times. The shots were there. The shots were available. But for whatever reason, he looked, shall I say, lethargic last night in Game 4? I don't know if... Disengaged? Lethargic? uh, Disinterested? I don't know what was going on with the torch last night, but this was a night when you needed somebody coming off that bench to change the complexion, the dynamics, the mojo of that game. And Ross has been great at that all year long. And he was a no-show last night. Yeah, I mean, he played 26 minutes a game during the regular season, so it's not necessarily like, oh, well, you asked so much no, more of him no. as a sixth man. No. Um, I, it, I, I, I guess, like, if I, if I were to be in the spin doctor play here and I could try to make some excuses for Terrence Ross, it would be okay. Well, the rotation kind of got messed up because of all no, the I'm fouls, and he's I'm in early. I know you're trying, just, but I'm not. Well, buying no, like, it. and that's that's fine. I can't sell you something I believe. No. I think Terrence Ross, Terrence Ross was in that game and just for whatever reason kept deferring. Yes, he and, did. And the defense on him has been good. They're following him all the way out to the quarter court. They're not letting him get a step, get a look. There's two hands in his face every time. But I rather Terrence Ross with two hands in his face Absolutely. shooting the basketball over the rest of the guys that I mentioned there. And that's nothing against those guys. But during the playoffs, you go with what brought you there. Yep. And Terrence Ross is one of those major cogs that brought you there. Obviously, he commands a lot of attention yep. from the opposing defense. There's no question about that. And Toronto has been on him like glue pretty much the entire series. Um, I, I don't want to say Terrence Ross is a beaten man. Because I think he's going to come out in Game Five See, and play well. Yeah. But it, there, there was something going on with T. Ross last night. Whether he, he wasn't feeling good, whatever he was, you used the word deferring. He was deferring a lot last Here's night. Here's what I'll tell you. And as he deferred, he just kind of stayed to the weak side of the floor and just watched everybody play. Yeah. That's um, not like him at all. And if I'm way wrong here, you tell me. That was a Harden-esque performance, if you know what I mean. That was a disengaged, lethargic, kind of deferring. Not up for the game, energy type I, I of performance. I, didn't, I, I, I will say this because you get the feeling when Harden and does that, and it's thick. not it's not on it, it's not often. But when Harden does that, it's because of an attitude. I don't think. I don't. Oh, think, no, 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 no. That's not. Think, no, no, I think no, Terrence just, Ross has an attitude. I'm just watching Terrence Ross, and I'm like, do something. Yeah. No, do I, something. I agree. It's going down the down the drain. He he hit the three at the buzzer for the third quarter. It's a yeah. twelve point game, and it's like, all right, and you come out in the fourth and just. I mean, what did they start that fourth quarter on? I mean, I, yeah. I think that it, they, it, it, was, it was over. It was very untorch-like last night in Game 4. Very untorch-like because typically he brings that energy and that attitude off the bench. But last night, he gave you very little. And look, sometimes I, I get it. I understand. Sometimes you have very little in the tank. But my goodness gracious, you've only played, what, 26 minutes per game. And I get it. You've played in most every game this season. Um, but but this is when the stars shine. This is when you can make even more money than people are going to pay you in this league next year. 
And to do what Terrence Ross did last night, and he look, he's not the only one. I, th- I think, you know, we're, we're in danger of picking on Terrence Ross a little too much here, but that's how important Terrence Ross is to this basketball team. He's the type of guy who can change the dynamics of a game within uh, 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 like a millisecond, and he couldn't do it last night, and, and he didn't do it. That's the thing. Put mm-hmm. up your shots, you know, hoist. Hoist, shoot or shoot, that shoot or shoot, and he wasn't shooting last night, and that was that was weird. That was just very strange last night. Yeah, it was. Um, there's plenty to like to unpack. I mean, I feel like I could really jump ahead, Scotty, and start asking about. Okay, so I, we we know where the ceiling of this team is now. It feels like, um, at least with the experience that they have now, we've seen what Vucevic is. And, and series is over with, according to Nikki Football. We're already talking about the future here. Well, I mean. Yeah, but, and I'm such a prisoner of the moment. I mean, this is one – what we're dealing with here is one of my major character flaws, which is I'm actually more intrigued today to talk about the offseason than talk about, okay, so what do you do to tweak this team to maybe improve next season? Was this a fraudulent team? Was no. This, what, is, this no, team no. is this team as constituted this year a playoff team next year? Like, I, I just I'm, – I'm just asking questions, yeah, that's no, all. I but mean, I, I – I, I am a prisoner of the moment where now I'm kind of thinking, okay, let's get to next season because we're right, bleeped. Right, right. Look, we, we still have another game or two we or do? three to play. Yeah, yes, by the so way, keep that in uh, mind. quick note for that game on Tuesday night, 7 o'clock. The game is on NBA TV, but if you live within, I think it's 25 35 or 30, mile 35 radius. miles, it's blacked yeah. out, so you yeah. can only watch it on Fox Sports Florida. Why would you watch it anywhere else? No, I'm just, I'm just if you Why try to get it on you? NBA TV, you're like, oh, the game's not on TV. Yeah. Our guys, David Steele. Yeah. And Jeff Turner have it for you. Look, I, I think, and, and we're gonna we we have plenty more podcasts. Yeah, here we're not to getting get at the end of the season. What's going on here with this team going but forward? Come on, we're give gonna, me a little something. We're gonna chat with Jeff Weltman, the president of basketball yes. operations, on this show many times coming up. So make sure you subscribe, Heart and Hustle Podcast. Look, the series is over. I mean, let's call it like it is. Whether it's Tuesday night in Game 5, Game 6 here in Orlando on Thursday, on Saturday for Game hey. 7, the series is over. I'd because be extremely I don't see... proud if this team got it to a Game 6. But, but here's the thing. that Like, you know, people were giving me a hard time on Twitter about this team not rolling over and dying. I haven't seen it once this year. Well, it may be in a couple of games. but There have been some but, games. But, but, but. This team's nature is to fight, claw, and scrap you every step of the way. At some point in time, you have to tip your cap to these Raptors and say, hey, look, they're just a better basketball team. Now, do I think it's going to end on Tuesday night? I do. That is my opinion. But I also believe that the Orlando Magic will fight in that game, and I think it will be a very close basketball game. But in the end, look, I mean, you have to tell it like it is. I do believe this series is over, mainly not because of the failures of the Orlando Magic, but because Toronto is so good. Again, what, 40, 39, 37, 42%. The Magic have shot in this series. They are getting nothing easy. Toronto is so good defensively. They're so long. They're so lanky. Um, So you combine that with the fact that offensively, they're really difficult to guard. When they put four out, five out, they're just really difficult to guard. And then you add a Kawhi Leonard to the mix and a Pascal Siakam, who has been terrific in this series. Look, let's call it like it is. I think the series is over with. I'd like to tell you that it's not. Um, As well as Toronto is playing in this series and has played over the course of the last three games, you're not going to beat this team three straight. I'm hoping you can. All right. I'm yeah, hoping I hope beyond hope. Yeah. I, I hope I'm totally wrong. 
Uh, I do believe the Magic can go into Toronto and get a game five, but can you beat this team three straight with the way they're playing? No. Now, what happens in the future? Nick, I have absolutely no idea. I think you have to take, you know, if you're Jeff Weltman, I think you take a, a, a few weeks off, okay, after the playoff ends, you gather your thoughts, okay, and you get out of playoff mode, and... The first things you need to decide are Nick Vucevic and Terrence Ross. What yeah. happens with those guys? No, now, I, I think the common thought is you're probably only going to sign one. I, that's the common thought. Now, we'd love to see both back, especially after the regular seasons that they have had. But you have to add the playoffs in that prism as well, even though, you know, Terrence Ross has more playoff experience than most anybody on mm-hmm. this roster. But Vuce had nothing. None. He had very, very, very little other than 11 minutes in one game with the Philadelphia 76ers back in 2012. So that's the first thing you have to tangle with is, okay, who's who's coming back? Sure. Who's coming back? Is Vooch coming back? Is Terrence Ross coming back? Knowing that Mo Bamba is there waiting in the wings, do you bring Vooch back and at what price? I would love to see Nick Vucevic back. I would love to see Terrence Ross back because there aren't very many guys in this league who can change the complexion of a basketball game like a Terrence Ross comes off the bench minus last night in game four. So I would love to see both of them back. I think one of them probably will be back. That's my opinion. Right. And I think that person will be Nick Vucevic. You think it will be. Um, I need to ask you about Evan Fournier then. Yeah. Because I think that when you work through the priority list, I think there's one untouchable guy on the entire team during the offseason. His name is Jonathan Isaac. If I would ne- agree with that. that and, and, and... Um, not for me, but I think for this brain trust, I think that other guy is Mo Bamba. Okay. Just because you're tied at the hip now with Mo with that sixth pick in, in last year's I, draft. I kind of disagree. I think that if the right deal came along for Orlando, for then now. I, yes, then for I now. think that Mo Bamba would definitely. They discussed Mo Bamba with Dallas. We've seen those reports. I don't think that necessarily he's a shoe-in to stay. Uh, Evan Fournier has been up and down in this series. He was much better in game four. He killed you in game three. Yeah. He has $17 million on his deal next year, and then the year after, it's a $17 million player option. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Look, we have needed somebody in this series to step up big time offensively. I mean, the Raptors really have focused their attention on Nick Vucevic, and Vuce had a nice game in game three, came back down to earth in game four. This is where you need – you know, Aaron Gordon had a nice game in game four. He was solid. He had 25 points. But in this series – we're, we're looking at Kawhi Leonard doing what he's doing, breaking down a defense, being a star, being a transcendent right. player. Obviously, we knew going into this season, into this series, we didn't have that guy. But you'd like to see an Evan Fournier step it up at some point, right? You, as important as Fournier has been to this team, especially late in the regular season, it would be nice for Evan to have that breakout game. Well, one of 12 from the field in game three, one of eight from three-point range in game three with just seven points. Last night, he was, uh, he, he, was, he was decent. He was okay. But he's averaging 13 points in this series. Evan is a nice player, but that's what he'll always be for me. He, to me, he's got a ceiling. He's not getting any better, and that underlies the issue with an Evan Fournier. He's not able to take his game to the next level. He's just not. It, it's not as if he's a bad player, but when you get to this point in time in the season, you have to have those types of players step up. Evan is is not capable of doing that. Now, do you trade him? Um, I'm looking at all the options this summer, and if I can potentially 
get a young shooter, a young explosive player in return. Uh, I would love to see it. I, I look, I mean, you mentioned JJ Reddick in, in a in a former podcast. Right. I'd love to see a JJ Reddick in a magic uniform. Look, I like Evan Fournier, I, and I know he's been the bane of of a lot of Magic fans' existence this year for whatever reason. Yeah, you think it's a low rated? I, I think I, I look. I I think Evan can get you to a point, and I think we've learned that you know through the course of his career, but especially in this playoff series, he's not that guy who is going to get you over the hump. He's good, but I think he's hit his ceiling. Um. Can you trade a guy like Evan Fournier knowing that he's making 17 mil, but he is? Now, Now, what's the status of his contract? Next year and Fournier. then a player option? Yeah, it's next year at 17 mil, then a player option for 17 mil, right. which he could opt out of, by the way. But There's I just, no way, Nick. Uh, yeah, I'm going to report no right now, actually. I'm going to report. Sources indicate that yeah. he is going to pick yeah. up that option. Yeah, I, I think Evan will be on the blocks, but whether there are any takers out there at 17 mil a year, um, I, I have a hard time believing that there will be, but I, I'm pretty sure that Evan is going to be on the block this offseason. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you there. <sighs> All right, Nick. There's another one in the books, my man. Let's go get one tomorrow night in game I, five. I would, I would love to see them make it six. I think that's a moral victory at that point to make Toronto come back to Orlando right, right. before finishing that thing as low as my expectations are. But uh, that is going to do it for us here on the Heart and Hustle podcast, episode 20, I checked, by the way. He is Scott Inez. Right, you can Nick. catch him weekdays on ESPN 580 Orlando, 580 AM, 96.5 FM, HD2 from 4 to 6 p.m. I'm Nick Grunowitz. Uh, You can catch me on ESPN Orlando as well. Magic Play Tuesday night. You'll hear from us a couple more times this week as uh, we recap whatever happens on Tuesday. Maybe look ahead to a game uh, later in the week. And, uh, of course, talk about the offseason. We'll talk to Jeff Weltman, a whole bunch of people. But until then, go Magic. Orlando.